Yo, Hashim, uh, do you like uh, Korean movies? Just out of curiosity. No? no? You hate Korean movies? <laughs> if I have to read during the movie, I don't like it. Right? Yeah. I, I hate anything that makes me look away from my Cheerios. <laughs> but uh, on today's episode, we, watched, <laughs> we, <laughs> we were able to watch a Korean film, Old Boy, from 2003. We decided to drop the Old Boy intro because I don't want to act drunk and at a police station to open this podcast. I thought I'd ask a probing question instead. And uh, I think yeah, that's totally fair. This is my first time seeing the movie. I think, Hashem, you've seen it before, if I remember correctly. I have. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I okay, I recommended this movie because I had heard so much good things about it. And just to like set the record straight, because I think it sounds like I'm pretty lukewarm, I like this movie. It's a good movie. Okay? I'm a fan of it. I just didn't <laughs> know what the movie was or what it was about, and I was very surprised by that. I think yep. I I, uh, I agree. I I don't know. Maybe maybe it's my own warped expectations, but I thought that I was picking a kick-ass Korean action movie, which it is. There's parts of it that are like that, but I think there's this whole genre of like mind fuck, or I don't know what you call it, but like yeah yeah Psycholo- psychological psychological thriller or psychological horror in a way type movies. Yeah, and I think it falls in that vein more than I thought it would, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I think I, I don't know. I looking back, I think I might have not seen the movie all the way through. I think I probably started it because there's a lot of key story points that I genuinely did not remember right. that I think I should have. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I won't get into spoilers just yet, but right. I think there are certain stuff and there are certain like revelations in the movie yeah. that you don't exactly forget. <laughs> yeah. And not to like, I mean, twists and turns in any movie are important and, you know, memorable, but like there's moments like the usual suspects where if someone's seen it, they can call about the ending. Like they remember the ending, right? It's like, I can yeah. And I feel like this movie had moments that were on par with some of those where I don't think I'm ever going to forget them. So I would agree that like, if you had seen the movie mindfully, I don't know how you'd not see some of this stuff. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's yep. like, I think my second viewing and third viewing are all going to be tainted by my first viewing now. I, they're not tainted like it's a bad thing, but just like... Yeah, it's like a new perspective. Right. And when I finished it, I was definitely like, okay, this is like... I I don't know. I can't unsee this. In a, I, not in a bad way. It makes it sound so negative <laughs> when I put put it this way. But like, my, my perspective on the movie has been skewed by all these revelations I've just seen. And my perspective, like, and that's it. I don't know. I can't go back to that first viewing. Uh, it's no longer just an action film. My perceptions were entirely wrong. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I, I agree. You know what we haven't done in a long time, Hashem? What? How How have you been, man? What are you playing right now? How How is um, life treating you? I feel like we've been so dialed down in the movies, we forgot to talk to each other for the last 80 episodes. You know? I think that's a good thing because I have been so busy that I genuinely don't know what I've been doing over the last couple of weeks. That's hard. I think so. I am one of the one of the things is I think I'm uh, I'm getting closer to my diet. I'm actually going to follow a cut bulk cycle and not continuously bulk from now on. Mm-hmm. Um, this is for the gym rats back at home. Uh-huh. But you know, um, other people eat food too. But thing, yeah, whatever, it's fine. No, 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 no. I'm, <laughs> shut up. I'm going to tie it back, you fucking idiot. When you're on a bulk, 
all of your lifts go up. Oh, you we're go getting into. Oh, we're explaining. You're, you're putting it. up numbers. I thought you yeah, said yeah, it's yeah. for the gym rats, and now we're going into an explanation. It is for the gym rats, and now I'm, the gym rats I'm explaining all know what for the mean, gym rats. Though. Yeah, no, but the gym rats already know. No, no, but is what I'm. But I'm, I'm. But I want to make it relatable because I don't want to come off like a fake gym rat. You know what I mean? Okay, okay. This so is this my is... first time talking about. You know, you know what? You know what? You know what? It's my fault. I asked. Go ahead. No. <laughs> I don't want to know. And you know what? I also don't want to know about the game that you've been making. I was going to ask about no, it, but now I don't want to making. anymore. Anyway, no, no, no. It doesn't matter. I want to hear about this. Tell me about how you eat food sometimes. I have been bulking okay. for the last seven years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's good because anytime I go into a cut or I go into a caloric deficit to try and, like, lose some of the fat, my lifts all drop. And I'm like, fuck, is it worth it? Maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I should keep eating more. The more energy I have, the more my, like numbers I can put up. Mm-hmm. But now, now I'm being consistent. So we'll see. Maybe I'll break it in the next two weeks. Who knows? Nice. Good for you, man. I'm proud of you. Also, that's I've been awesome. playing a lot of Breath of the Wild. You know, that's so. weird. Jordine has also been playing Breath of the Wild. Jordine's our editor by the way. But yeah, yeah. She, she's been playing Breath of the Wild again. And, and like I, her talking to me about things she's doing in that game make me want to play it like badly. Right? Yeah. That's what I'm, I just, I think it's, you know, Nintendo hasn't been marketing the new one, Tears of the Kingdom, as well as I thought they would. I don't know anything about the game. You shouldn't. We know that it's coming out this year. You'll buy it. Doesn't yeah, matter. Thank God we're not. They could they could put they could put a post-it card on the eShop or whatever where it's like you can't even click it just like a photo that says Zelda, $60 and you'll buy it. You'll you'll do it. It's actually $80 here in Canada, which is a hectic price to pay. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But Nintendo yeah. doesn't do sales as well for their first-party games, not the good ones, not the successful ones. I think Breath, usually, Breath no. of the Wild is still like eighty dollars or sixty dollars or whatever in the eShop, isn't it? Like it, it doesn't yeah, go down. It is. Yeah, but you'll buy it, so it doesn't matter. They're marketing; you don't need it. Like, see, you already—they already got you playing the previous one to hype yourself up. You're doing the marketing for them. <laughs> I know. The propaganda's working. It's but working, Leander. It's only propaganda if if it doesn't actually work out. Like, okay, if you w- felt forced to buy it and then didn't like the experience that's one thing but like breath of the wild is a good game in its own right and you're gonna buy the next one and i'm I'm saying that knowing that i'm gonna also buy the next one because we both think it's gonna be great so like i don't really mind i don't really mind that i haven't heard anything about it no not at all a few trailers that some propaganda is good it's it's just also we say propaganda it's advertising that's just what advertising is like it's there's a word for it nintendo isn't the yeah. government of Japan or something, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'm I'm hyped for. What it about too. you? What you been up to? I have sent my laptop off for a second time due to software repairs that made it crash a bunch of. Mm. So I don't have a gaming laptop right now. I've been using my personal computer for a lot of like just hanging out with friends and Discord and whatever, and uh, it made me want to get back into coding something for fun. And I think it's like, I like my job. I like being a software person or whatever, but it gets exhausting tech bro. when you burn out. I'm not tech bro. No, I prefer not that term. Nope. You're a um, tech bro. 
you could say that, uh, but you know, I'll, <laughs> in years you'll get canceled and that's fine. As long as I know that I'm <laughs> on the right side of history. Uh, so I know that like working on software all day at work is exhausting. And when I come back home, it's like, if I'm not enjoying the work that I'm currently doing, like really feel fulfilled in it, I, I'm going to burn out. And I'm in like my second year of like being like programming for full time or whatever. Right. So I figured that because I don't have access to video games right now, I might as well try and do something that is rewarding just to learn how to code something new that's not related to the work I've been doing for like the past however many years. Um, Not because that work is unsatisfying, but I just feel like it's getting pretty repetitive and like I know everything about it. And so things are just rote work. Like I, I just need to take the time to do this. And there's no like challenging how do I do this parts. And I kind of been craving that. So like Hashem said earlier, I've been looking at trying to make something similar to like a Jackbox style game uh, where it's like everybody peer to peer sort of thing. Everybody's competing on their browsers and uh, just to kind of emulate the vibe of Jeopardy. It's similar in everything, but I don't know, legal reasons. I'm not going to say it's Jeopardy. Like you can't can't catch me saying that i've never i don't know what jeopardy is I don't i've never that. heard of jeopardy what even is jeopardy i'm yeah. talking about the panel it, game show but yeah <laughs> we we will be playing leander's new web-based video game soon <laughs> as soon as soon as title okay. undisclosed we'll, we'll see i've been like drawing up in a sketchbook trying to figure out how this shit works but it's all oh, new shit. tech to me because i don't know like it, there's i mean it's not like a regular game design thing where you need to figure out mechanics or whatever like usually yeah. you can rely on engines for those sort of things and then you build the mechanics you want right but i get the mechanics of how this um panel style game show game is going to work uh, it, the the complicated part is the infrastructure, the getting people to be able to buzz and react and everybody's pages showing the same thing at the same time. Like that is using new yeah. tech that I don't usually interact with. And so I'm kind of excited to see what that looks like, um, but also kind of like in over my head. I think it'll be fun to try, though, and we'll see what comes out of it. I also want to go for this aesthetic that I like. I think I have a pretty... Um, okay idea of how like conventional web design looks like any any regular web page you go on like a a startup or some new software product they kind of look the same and i can emulate that design pretty successfully uh as like a web developer but i want to try something fucking out there i've just started reading into different web design philosophies and i like i want to go for something like pop art neo-brutalism style and we'll see these are all random <laughs> words i guess but like there are in, design philosophies on web that design? I've never. yeah yeah this is absolutely a thing uh it's like the thick borders comic booky style looks of things textures on anyway we'll see how that turns out to be i am not a designer outright but i have always been interested in design so that's uh that's my current project hard though hard to do anything that's not enjoyable 100 percent of the time but it's it's challenging in a fun way i guess so that's where i'm at right now i get that yeah i think also just to like the burnout thing i think is a really good point but i think what causes it like how do i say this i think the burnout comes from not just how tedious the job is but also there's like more stakes to it you know so if you can't do something 
at your, at work and there's a deadline, there is consequences. Whereas like that's definitely you know, true. if you're doing the thing for fun, it's 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 more carefree. Because I think I I feel the same way. I'm always like looking for. I guess it's not as applicable as web design, but I'm always looking for new things to like understand and like I'm reading a lot more, but because it doesn't tie into any deadline or I don't have a deliverable attached to it, I can just take my time with it and it's more enjoyable, even though it's probably harder, you know? Yeah, I think that's fair. And I also think that what you're saying about like the deadlines is all very valid. I don't care for having to be pressured at work. And even when that happens, that's to be expected. So it's not like I knock points off of my work for that. And for the record, the work isn't necessarily tedious. I just feel it's unsurprising a lot of the time. I know exactly what I have to do. And every day I just do a chunk of it and then do another chunk the next day. And then I'm making that progress slowly over time. And I'm not bad at it, I would say. I've been there for a little bit of time. So I'm pretty comparable with making those changes. But it's kind of cool to be in a position where I know fuck all about what I'm trying to do. And I'm just going in blind and like figuring things out. And I think being in software is a pretty lucky position that you can do that with skills that you pick up at work. Whereas I think there's a lot of other jobs where it's like you're in the business world. You don't really apply those skills at home aside from trying to start your own business which is a lot higher stakes and again introduces more stress that isn't what I'm really going for. But yeah, that's me, man. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what happens with it. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. I like it. So I, wait, um, what I'm understanding all of this, all I'm hearing is once your laptop is back, yeah. no more code. It's just league 24 seven. Well, I would hope not, but we'll see. I also, I've also <laughs> been pretty, pretty uh, trying to nail down um, my media consumption. I think I, I want to consume more and play less games, or at least play less of the same games. I really, I, I like League a lot, and I love hanging out in our little server where we play League. We have, like, a big group going there now, and it's pretty fun. But I feel like there's so many other games that I just miss out on time spent with, or movies and TV shows that I want to watch, and that part is pretty frustrating to me. But I don't know how to Wait, fix that. I... I'm not following. I spent. So, I, I think. I, what I spent so much time in that server that like other time could be spent watching or doing playing other games. Most of my free time yeah, is but spent I, with that group playing League, and I I don't mind spending it with the group, but I also want to do other things than just League. I don't really. That's what I'm focusing on. I get that. I think that's fair, but I don't necessarily think. I don't really have a rebuttal. I, I think I'm in the same, like, boat. Like, I started The Bear recently on yeah. a whim. I talked about this yesterday. Um, it's really fucking good. It's really good. And if I was, like, spending my time just playing League and, you know, playing games that I've already played, I probably wouldn't have picked it up. So, I get right. it. That's what I'm, I'm saying. Like, it's, it's not a bad thing. But, like, I think getting good at League and deciding to spend time in it is a good choice if you really like the game. But there are other games that I really want to play. And my backlog just keeps yeah. growing, and it'll never get done if I keep playing League as the only default state. That when I get home from work, it's like just play League and then go to sleep or something. Like I don't. I, I guess don't my like only thing is like, I like this. This seems like you're adding a sense of guilt to it, which I'm not a big fan of. Mm -hmm. Like you shouldn't feel bad that you're playing League in the server for mm -hmm. your free time. 
Mm-hmm. It's just if you had fun and you enjoyed yourself. So do you do, you do a thing where I don't know if other people do this, but I heard Josh reference it once who's a mutual friend of ours uh, that yeah. you kind of record. I don't have a YouTube channel, nor do I have any real interest in making one like not real, real interest. But I do have um, I think, OK, there's a distinction. I don't have an interest in the concept of being a YouTube personality or having a youtube channel that gets like a lot of views but i do have an interest in producing video content like somewhat vaguely i have ideas for videos that i think would be very entertaining or at least that i would like to see that i've never seen before or just thoughts that i want to put into a video essay let's say and one of them is exactly on this thing that you just brought up about this this guilt that i feel towards not consuming enough media and I think that, like, it's not just me. I, I get what you're saying is, like, it's probably a negative thing to have a sense of guilt with playing League, even though in the moment, totally enjoying it. I, I don't, like, resent playing yeah. video games or anything like that. But I think not being able to be part of the conversations with the newest and latest and whatever shit that comes out is something that people take as guilty, you know? It's why people have backlogs, because they want... It's not that they want to play the games, because, like... They, you know, they want the meaningful experience necessarily, but they also want to experience what other people have been talking about with Dead Space or Deus Ex or all these like old games that kind of are brought back to spotlight. People talk about them and you have no memories or you never played them. And so you want to participate in that. I don't know. I did it with Half-Life or whatever. And it's like, I don't look back at those experiences as negative, but they are fueled by this want to be included. (laughs) And it's weird. So that's an essay thought. That I it's like formalize. it's like FOMO. Yeah, it's FOMO. It's exactly that. It's FOMO like FOMO for video games. I totally get it. It's not even just games. It's I, every uh, album that comes out, every music thing, every art show that whatever. It's like the the but it's not it, the part that frustrates me is that there's another part that I want to tie this into, um, is that you invalidate the ability because there's so much limited time and more content comes out than time available to every person, you. Sometimes I say you, but I'm mostly talking about me, uh, make the experience of even consuming the media negative or dampened in some way in order to fit more in. So like you'll watch anime on the train or something, even though you might get a better experience out of it sitting down and like actually dedicating time to it or do it while eating or watch it on 2x speed. Or do it while doing other things like listening. Yeah, the two X speed one is is. Uh, and and it's like I that's that. that I thought that was niche when I started installing a video speed controller into my browser. But now it's like built into Netflix, built into everything, built into like security training videos at work. That like because they're trying to cram and compress the amount of things you're doing to like multitask at all times, it like stops being about consuming it and more being about checking the box that you have consumed it and having a take on it. You know what I mean? Like, so the actual experience I of, do. let's say, watching a, mo- a film is dampened by this. And I I hate that. And I don't know. There's probably more eloquent thoughts I can have if I actually decided to start a YouTube channel. But I have so many things that I want to do at all no, times. I, I'll never get done. I'll, you know? So I'll be honest. I think you're very good with, I'll say, keeping me on track. I find <laughs> that I always recommend movies that... No, I'll, I'll even use the podcast as an example. I, sure. I recommend movies that I've seen that I want to revisit to talk about, right. whereas you're always recommending movies that neither of us have seen, which is a good thing, I think. But my only... The, the reason why I, I'm bringing it up now is because 
whenever I sit down to watch the movie for the pod- podcast, I feel like I want to enjoy it as much as possible, so I don't necessarily skim it. And I don't know if it's the same way for you. You definitely Usually should. If, like, like if, for we're, tra- if we're trying to provide not some like we're not an authority on it, but if we're trying to provide yeah. like a a comprehensive review, it's kind of insulting to be like it's it wasn't. I was listening to a podcast at the same time, or I was I was like cooking at the same time yeah. for most of it. Like it's okay for you to not participate in the entire film, but like I don't know, having a reason behind that rather than I was busy is kind of like yeah, I agree with that. I also feel yeah. the same way. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I would go so far to say, like, there was... I, I don't even know what caused this change for me. I watched one of those Psych of Play videos where he breaks down, like, why people have a backlog and stuff like that. And I realized that I don't necessarily enjoy... I'll take Open Worlds, for example. I don't give a shit about playing the new Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, But I'll watch a movie. I'll watch a video review about it. Because I think it's interesting to see where, like, it is different from older games. You know, if it's any better, if it's worse, what changes they made. So I like being in the know, like you said. But because I have no interest in playing the game, I'm not necessarily going to sink time into it. Sure. You know? And I know I enjoy video essays. So I I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's just, like, I, I went through a lot of the games that I was planning on playing to get, like, a an idea of what the hype is about. And I was just kind of like, wow, I have no interest in playing this. Like, I don't want to play Mass Effect. I don't give a fuck, you know? Yeah. I think part of it for me is also that I see people who I respect their opinions of games and media recommend things. And I know that if they have similar tastes to me, I would enjoy it too. And then when you actually get to sit down with those experiences and find that there's something that stands out to you that you don't like that they just didn't mind or have a different feeling towards. It's like, I don't want to give up on that and just ditch it. You know, they, if they said it was a good movie and I'm just put off by the, the visual art style or something like I recommend Bojack to everybody. Right. But I get, that's a tough one. (laughs) I get, I get that if you're not into the art style, it might bounce off completely for you and that's fine. Yeah. But I, feel bad when that happens to me when i'm trying to play an old video game for example and something like uh deus ex or thief i boot up and the controls are weird and the graphics are ugly and i'm it's not my thing because i feel i need a base level of those and these these old games don't necessarily have it uh and and then i'm like okay oh, so- now it sits on the backlog forever i'll get to it one day and i know that one day is like oh it's either never gonna happen or i'm just like fantasizing about this free time i'll never have you know i get that i actually do understand although i will say counterpoint graphics are overrated yeah we can get into it i think we've had this conversation before not on the podcast but that's okay (laughs) i mean we know which way the industry is going and you know capitalism never industry's wrong art wrong so i I think you're yeah you're off base it's fine you're right you're right (laughs) i uh what do I know? And I think your point about me bringing up movies that I've never seen. So the entire motive behind this podcast has always been like, it was my idea to start it. And I wanted to do it with Hashem because Hashem is a really strong movie guy and has a lot of like good opinions and well thought out things about movies. And so I thought it'd be fun to talk Uh-oh. about him with it. 
Uh, this is a dig. I can feel it's, it. It's not a dig at all. And but I started the podcast. <laughs> it's not. It's literally not a dig. I started the podcast because I. And I, even saying I started sounds gross. I wanted to start this podcast with you because I didn't think that I was watching enough movies that were different and out of my wheelhouse and part of my backlog necessarily. I wasn't prioritizing it. So having this be the forcing function, I guess, to like make me chip away at that backlog. Like I, I have, we record these every two weeks. Every two weeks I will have seen a movie. If it's one that you've see, recommended that I haven't seen in a while, I'm down. If it's one that I've been on my backlog for years, I'm down. It's like if it's something that we just, just came out, I'm also down. It's just in my yeah. goal to watch every film on the planet. We're making progress two weeks at a time. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the other thing too, um, and I, I don't, I, the, I think what is so interesting about having a podcast like this is, um, talking about it because I think if we had just been like, Hey, every two weeks we'll get together as a group and watch this movie. And then we alternated the recommendations. We would have gotten the same outcome. You know, every two weeks we would watch a movie right. that's on somebody's backlog. Right. Yeah. But I think what's interesting about this. You're saying, you're saying is, if we just did that as like a fun discord hangout thing, no podcast, no publishing, no website, none of that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. It would, it would serve the same purpose. And I don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that either of these is like better or worse, but I'm saying what's cool about this is I think you always look at movies a different way. And I always find it very insightful whenever you bring up shit that I just didn't notice, you know? I, and it's, so, it's genuinely anyway, thanks. like, <laughs> no, thanks, man. We, we both love each other. It's so cute. But I think, I think for me, it's, it's that, mindfully watching movies is very different from like you can have a conversation with someone about a movie and you know you put both of you put these two and a half hours down sitting and watching it the conversation goes 10 minutes and then you just do something else you play a game watch something else do something else that night right it's it's not necessary that you spend time thinking about the film and talking about the film uh, and maybe some films aren't even conducive to doing that right but the podcast Remember we the did only, transformers <laughs> yeah yeah but the podcast it's like the only thing we can do is talk about this movie as much as we can like that's what we want to do we set aside yeah. this time and yeah i mean this is a bad example because right now we have not started talking about old boy we're like 20 minutes in <laughs> i get it i get it like I, but i'm saying like having a dedicated time to think about movies because they're such an important part of what i think of as my media consumption like i don't know i i like that even if like and i think the fact that it's published and puts it in a public place means that i feel some level of guilt about not doing it that i don't think i would if i was like hey, i can't make it this weekend to come over to your place to watch Coraline or whatever neat pick you choose yeah we have a strict deadline every two weeks yeah well i mean it's not strict like <laughs> <laughs> It's not, it's not that's the joke man yeah. I, 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 <laughs> we've delayed this uh, shit so many times yeah yeah that's fair but like the fact that it's online makes me and, and that there's yeah. a backlog and that it's weird like people we know have heard our voices in this context i know that dude it trips me out every uh, time i think about it yeah like i mean we even started it, it was never the idea that this becomes like a side hustle or gets popular or whatever i think no. that changes the dynamics and motivations behind it but but even just hearing that other people are listening, it's it's weird that like 
we totally did this to ourselves, but I don't like it sometimes, you know? I kind of like just having this bubble no, to I... conversate with you. And then when someone hits me with a, oh, so you didn't like the lighthouse, I'm like, mm. <laughs> I didn't, didn't expect that one. Didn't it's on the record. It's on the record. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's funny. Uh, at work, people have started asking me for movie recommendations, and that's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. I don't think I would recommend Old Boy to my coworkers. I'll okay. be honest. Thank you for tying it back. Let's get back in. <laughs> okay, that so was the perfect segue. It was I, perfect. So, what, what was your opinion wholesale of the movie? No spoilers. I I think it's one of the best movies I've seen in my entire life. I also think it's not my cup of tea, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. Okay. I, I understand there is so much going on, so many, like, details. It's all very deliberate, and I enjoy that. But the story and a lot of the themes that it deals with are just very uncomfortable for me. Yep. And that's that's pretty much it. Okay. and So it's my, good. You should watch it. Yes. I also agree that I think Old Boy is a novel story it's not very often that you get hit with something that is completely different from i mean you'll have like for me the similarities are like you see like an anime where they'll have off the wall storylines and they're all so crazy and chaotic with superpowers and high school students Um, and all this shit that you kind of get used to that being the formula so that they don't stand out too much from one another and I feel the same way about Western media with like Hollywood films where it's like there can be an action movie. Oh, it's in a plane. Oh, it's in the White House. Oh, it's they're very samey. But it's not very often that you get a live action movie that is just like a jaw dropping opening sort of thing. Like what? I didn't know. Like it's just so crazy. I think something like Inception or whatever, where it's like, whoa, what the fuck? Like this is a cool concept to be talking about in a movie. Old boy hits those beats. It's really good at that. Uh it's funny Content. that you bring up anime because yeah. um, I think this is based – it's like an adaptation of a manga series from like okay. the 80s. Because I can see that so. because the, the it's so – I don't know how to word it without spoiling anything. But it's very – it's so extreme in the themes that it deals with that it, it, yeah. it felt radical for a live-action movie. But it was done in a way yeah. that I was brought on board and not completely put off. You know what I mean? It wasn't. I agree. Shocking. 100%. Or, yeah, it was like, and I guess it was shocking, but in a good way. It wasn't off-putting. Is my main part. It didn't. So, um, you know how, like a lot of the times when they adapt anime or manga into live action, it always sucks ass. I think <laughs> it the is very why corny is because, and weird. Yeah. Yeah, because they usually manga will take advantage of their medium, and I don't think that necessarily translates to film as much. This is just a movie. Like, it's... I don't necessarily think... I think they took, like, similar... And I haven't read the manga, so I have no idea. But they probably took, like, the same, like, story beats or the same themes or, like, you know, what uh, the main character's motivations are or something like that. But it is made, first and foremost, as a film. And I think that you can see that in the final product. Absolutely. But I think even just where I was getting at was that I find that you'll have a lot of, like shows for kids or anime or whatever have extreme plots like so crazy like the concept of my hero aka or the world of naruto or full metal alchemist science parts like they're they're like so off the walls and those aren't presented in western media you know like any movie you see not gonna have the concepts behind like the 
the system in place that has all the rules the same way Full Metal Alchemist does with transmutation, you know? Like, that is a very anime thing. And I think, Interesting. And I, I think okay. that... Hitting, I, I'm following. Yeah, so that's why I meant with something like Inception, where they introduce this world that has these rules and ways of working that completely revelatory to me. Like, I'm not saying this movie has any sci-fi themes, but, like, the worlds they dig into that exist in this, there is a thing... I, okay, minor spoilers, right? Uh, so please go see the movie. This is a recommendation, even though I'm talking around it. Very good recommendation. Um, the themes are extreme, but yeah. So just to dig in so that it yeah. makes more sense what I'm trying to describe. It's not even a major, like the f- focus of the film isn't even on the fact that there exists this business that abducts people for amounts of time. <laughs> yeah. They, like that is, that is a tangential <laughs> point in the overarching story. And I think yeah. that is like, so crazy i thought when that happened when the first thing he's like he gets abducted i was like okay this is a crazy intro i'm kind of expecting something like a kidnapping series the prisoner hannibal actor all this shit right something like that and then yeah, it's yeah. like i spent 15 years there what the fuck like that, that is like yeah. I was, that blew my yeah mind. and then and then when it actually like he gets out of there none of that ends up being the core premise of the movie the this business yeah, is yeah, just yeah. a business that happens to factor into how the two main characters are conflicting with one another so crazy I, it, it's it's interesting i totally agree with you it's like a it's a piece of world building that does so Usually when there is a is the thing word. like this. That is definitely the word I was looking yeah. for that anime does really well. But it's not very common yeah. to have a crazy world building in, in uh, I guess, like in regular Hollywood movies that I feel like I see the most. I'm I'm trying to think of the name of the movie. But um, anytime that there is a system or world building is, is done in anime, it's usually done to set up the context of the plot and not necessarily the main like driving force or the main plot point of the story. Right. The reason I bring that up is because um, I can't for the life of me remember the name of the movie, but it's it's uh, Ewan McGregor and Scarlett Johansson, and they're like clones of people. And like the uh, the whole story is that these clones have like copies in the real world, and these rich people in the real world create clones so that if they get sick or get injured, they have like uh, transplants or whatever. I am never going to recommend this movie because it's not very good. From the, what I, I remember. the Island. But I the reason I, <laughs> but yeah, the Island. Yes. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. The reason I bring it up is because the Island air quotes is brought up as a part of the world building, but it, the main goal or the main main, like motivation of the main characters is mm-hmm. to abolish the system that they are in. In this movie and in a lot of anime, these systems are set up and they have no relevance to the plot. It's just to set up the context. And I I totally agree with you that I don't really see that a lot in Western media. Yeah, every now and then you'll get hit with something that's like, that's such a cool concept. But you really have to nail the also executing a good plot alongside that. That's why we hold like things like Arcane up on this like perspective where it's like, that is such a cool world they've built out premise is not about the world the premise is the characters and how they interact with one another you know yeah and or and i think of a bad example for what we're talking about just because i feel like it's like important to clarify the purge super cool concept it's why those movies are so intriguing at least 
the first movie, right, yeah. was a home invasion story. It's not as interesting as exploring the world of the Purge. And then you could see with the subsequent movies, they kept trying to go in different areas of this world that were somewhat more interesting. Like the idea of paying, yeah, uh, some like rich families paying to have people brought in they can kill, or like what if you got locked out on the streets? Like how would you survive a night? Like that sort of thing. Um, Again, yeah. Purge isn't like a great series to begin with, but you could see what I'm talking about with like, it doesn't matter if you have the core premise that's really interesting. It's how you execute the story around it that's really important. But most of the times, if they have a core premise, movies about the core premise. The Purge did it too. They tried to do a home invasion, didn't land, focus on the Purge part. People want to hear about this. Yeah. And this movie yeah, yeah. has just this so also... cool, like abducting, paying for people to be st- like kept away from society for however many years. Um Side point. Side point. Doesn't even matter. <laughs> you could forget that that's in the movie. <laughs> so I nuts. I also think it's very interesting because, like, the idea of the hotel or the this like private prison, is only there to set up how like strong our antagonist is. Right. Like they have so much money that they could lock up a guy for fifteen years and it's nothing to them. Right. You know. Yeah. Um. So it's it's more setting them up as like such a strong adversarial force than anything else. Mm-hmm. Like they can literally do anything. Yeah. And I thought it was good. Also, I really liked that uh I just like the movie. Now that I think about it, it's literally <laughs> just the ending that that just rubs me the wrong way. All right, all right. Let's get into it then. So, what aspects yeah. of it do you want to talk about first? Let's this is spoiler territory by the way, cuz I kind of yeah. want to focus yeah, yeah. on um do we want to praise it first, or do we want to talk about how we why we both feel sort of ambiguous about it? I think let's praise it because I don't think the ambiguity I have is a lot. It's not going to take that long. It's okay. just a like a personal thing. Sure. So uh, what I want to talk about is just how it's insane that this movie came out in two thousand three, and it like it, yeah. that for me is very long ago. I was fucking five or whatever. It's Twenty years ago. Yeah, exactly. And for it to have like cinematography techniques i have never seen before and thought were so cool is like yeah i was my mind was blown like there's a scene where because like we explained earlier that the main character gets kind of taken away from society for 15 years to show the passage of time they cut the frame in half and have him digging a wall on the left side and on the right side they're showing news broadcasts of all the events that are transpiring on the tv in his prison outside yeah Yeah. while he doesn't get to experience them it's like 9-11 princess diana like some stuff with north korea like all this stuff happening And, and like I was that's such a cool way of conveying time passing because they didn't speed up the footage or make him go super speed like as he breaks through this wall. It was just going regular pace, yeah. but it was describing that all this time was passed. I don't know, man. Things like that that it did all over the film are so cool. Yeah. I I agree. There's also a couple of um shot transitions that really stuck with me throughout the movie as well. Mhm. Um like when he first gets released from the briefcase and then also at the end when the hypnotist is like convincing him to forget yes like his daughter yeah that was an amazing scene she's like look at the tree now imagine it's a pillar and it like like the whole zoom and then it cuts to a different like location that was insane i thought it would like look so amazing yeah it it, it, like looks remarkable because they just done so god like such good of a job setting up 
the the like dialogue to match what they're trying to show on the screen it wasn't like an afterthought of okay we've written it how do we present it in a good way it's like no they they make the set tuned towards the dialogue so that the words they're saying matter and what they're describing yeah. I, I don't know it's just like it, it it's so mindful and good about that there's another part that i think is just uh the way it does violence is super not entertaining but like i think just well done i like i mean it's obvious that we need to talk about like the hallway scene and how amazing that still looked like it, it still holds up yeah. as this cool thing and yeah, I mean, now at this point, it's not unique because a lot of people copy it, but it is like where it but all came But it's the first from. one. It's, it's the first one, right? Yeah. It's like long shot uh, combat sequence. And it, it's just like, but I think even the fact that the, the, the violence in this movie is framed as so like human in a way. It's, it's it's not visceral. extreme yeah it's not extremely like gory or over the top or trying to shock you no not, like super crazy special effects or anything like that but i don't know when people scream out in pain it genuinely looks painful or like the idea that he's like holding the hammer above this dude's head as he was walking into the hotel coming back for the first time like doing his investigation and then it just cuts away from the violence but you know what happened like we don't need to show you i, I don't know I, I like that approach to to showing it wasn't just gratuitous i think it was done really i well. i agree there's no excessive blood but there's always a visceral reaction to any time somebody takes a hit yeah and even like in yeah. that hallway scene mm-hmm. i find that usually in action movies like this the main character is invincible you know yeah and how do i they will take hits but ultimately it doesn't change the flow of the movie every subsequent fight they're at their peak performance whereas throughout the movie you see him get weaker and weaker and it starts off with the hallway scene because he has to take on like 20 people at the same time right you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so the reason why i think the action and the violence works is because you don't just see the initial reaction you see it wear him away throughout the movie and i think that sort of sticks with you as you're watching yeah but but you also see how all the other characters in the like plot interact with this violence like what they i don't know they're so for example the leader of the hotel right as soon as like a guy breaks out odesu breaks out and comes back to see him he takes like takes a bunch of his teeth 15 teeth for 15 years and it's shown as this graphic thing the first one he pulls but we don't need to see it we don't need to see blood pour out of his mouth we don't need to see any of that yeah because just seeing his reaction and screams is enough like i don't need to it's a movie i get what the plot is trying to hit me with and i appreciate not trying to shock me with over-the-top special effects or blood you know and yeah. you can yeah, yeah. see how that comes back into play when he takes or he is about to take one of like Odysseus teeth later on where the, you know, roles are kind of switch. This guy has dentures in now because 15 of his teeth got ripped out. But like this is how he returns the favor. And like, I don't know. Or or even just like the ending, ending, ending. Um, Odesu like, you know, takes some scissors and cuts off his tongue. Cuts off ne- his tongue? We don't <clears throat> we don't need to see that part of it, you know? We we just see the, yeah. the scissors go down and that gets the idea across and it's fine. I don't need to see it squirming or any of the like it's that part's less important. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I it's yeah, it's the it's after effect. And then, you know, I don't know, man. This is this is just 
I also think like Okay, I, I want to talk about like some of the themes and subtext within the movie. Sure. If you're cool with that. Yeah, let's go. Let's Unless go. you had anything else that you no, wanted no, to like, no. go that through. was like pretty much that I just think the presentation of the movie stands on its own. Even the like Phenomenal. I think the way that they do cuts as well, like the editing in the movie is really, really good. Yeah. The intro, it's such a boring There's intro not a... to just have this guy ram rambling in a police station, but wow. Intrigued. It was so cool. <laughs> I don't know, like the way they cut between yeah. all, it was very entertaining. And then even to start with him holding someone over the edge of a building and then like cut back to it way later on. It's like now I'm interested. I'm hooked. Like you got me. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just really well done from like the editing room cinematography point of view, even aside from the good story and good acting. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, the the first thing I want to talk about. Okay, actually, I, I want to ask, what do you think the main, I'll say, um, thesis statement? But I don't even I don't necessarily know if that's the actual question that I'm asking. Like, what do you think the movie is is dealing with or talking about? Revenge. I think it's revenge. And, like, the really? gratification behind revenge and the motivations behind it. Yeah. Why? What are, what are your thoughts? It's very surface level. I, I mean, I, my, that's my, my perception of it is very surface level. I don't know if I've missed something bigger. I agree with you, but I also think the movie deals a little bit with self-reflection and, like, subjective truth to a certain degree. Okay. If that makes sense. In what way? I the reason the reason I think like there's so much self-reflection in it is because we always see well, first of all, a lot of the characters and a lot of the character defining moments are seen through reflections. Um we get introduced to Wu Jin through a mirror. Um uh the sister, she sees what's his name? Odesu through a window when she like spots him outside. There's like that whole scene at the very end where he's looking at a reflection of the air quotes demon or monster. So I think there's a lot of stuff about like how perception impacts these characters, but also about how like there's always an expectation that finding the truth will set you free. And I think that you see that at the start of this movie as well. Odesu is let out of the prison after 15 years, but you never get the sense that he's actually free. He's still sort of trapped mm-hmm. in a sense and he he thinks that the only way that he will be actually free is finding out the truth of why he was locked up but it doesn't it it leads him to more like suffering and he has to deal with more trauma and he ultimately makes the decision at the end to forget the actual truth of why he was locked up mm-hmm. and even like the Wu Jin he thinks that how do, uh, but this also deals with with revenge as well because I think Wu Jin is, is he's wholly motivated a... by revenge. Like there's nothing. It felt like he lived his past, however many years, never getting over his sister's passing, and is wholly motivated by trying to get revenge. You know? Yeah. And I mean, you could see that he he kills himself. He kills <laughs> yeah. himself. Yeah. It's like it's it, his his purpose has been fulfilled. He doesn't want to. You know? I don't know. Like. That's what I think. There's so much. There's a lot. I think you're I, right. I, just, I think I that's think really insightful. There are so many scenes. Yeah. I think that's really insightful. And I think that's so true about what you're saying with like the reflections and perceptions. Because like what you describing all those scenarios does stand out as having to have some intention behind it. I 
yeah. I, if I had to like riff on that, I think the perceptions thing definitely feels like how I don't know. The the problem is that the movie talks about like hypnosis and stuff, so you kind of have to deal with like a percept like a character's real perception or their influence perception of one another, you know? Like I mean it's kind of But that's why I, I that's know. why I think it deals with that with that point because there is a character in the story that can impact how viewers perceive or how characters perceive themselves. I said yeah, viewers there. themselves and one another. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a very interesting thing to do. A lot of the times when you have these like introspective uh we'll say subtext Usually, it's there's nothing that can impact how characters behave or change mm-hmm. internally in the actual story. Whereas you introduce this hypnotist that can change how you view yourself and the actual subjective truth that you have, and it's crazy because it, it like like at that point you don't know <clears throat> like was Odesu actually motivated about uh, for uh, by revenge, or did he just get hypnotized into hunting down Wu Jin? You know, right. Like, I, I think it's it's interesting from like a plot perspective, like what you're saying about what could be the actual truth of the movie and like, I don't know, fan theories yeah. and whatever. But I think what else is interesting about it is that the characters themselves, their motivations shift as they figure things out, you know, so their perceptions of one another are hinged on their knowledge of the problem as a whole or like the solutions and i think like for example you got odesu right who obviously sees his captor as the antagonist and rips out 15 of his teeth okay when yeah that doesn't solve his freedom issue like you described his perception of that character becomes a businessman who did a deal and he was on the receiving end of that and it's forgivable in a way you know what I mean? He, he and yeah, it's, it's because to a they degree, team up for a bit. It's to a degree that he tries to team up with him. Yeah, as well. You know, yeah. like his perception of that character shifts entirely. The character's objective truth doesn't matter so much as how Odesu perceives him. You know, the same way of whether or not he yeah, perceives yeah. like uh, the sushi chef as a, a like love interest or not. It's also like a core. I don't know idea and like getting more knowledge changes that perception i also think like this is why i i i brought up the idea of truth as well is i think the the information that odesu gets throughout the movie impacts who he focuses his revenge on so initially he goes after the uh warden for the jail right yeah and i think that's totally fair from his perspective this is the person responsible for his jailing but once he finds out that he's a businessman like you said i totally agree he's like yeah it's fine he was just doing his job type of thing right um but even after he finds out why Wu jin you know locked him up and everything he like begs for forgiveness it's it's really interesting like this is not a person in, in a in a conventional story Wu jin would never or sorry, Odesu would never get on his knees and beg because ultimately this is the the person who caused all of your torment over the last 15 years. But he's, he feels a sense of remorse, mm-hmm. you know? And I, I just think it's very strange. 
in a good way. I don't even know how to explain it. Well, I think there's there's this idea that I found that I just like that, like a lot of movies deal with conflict between a good and a bad protagonist antagonist, and I think that's good and entertaining. And I love movies that do that. You know, Puss in Boots is yeah. great. <laughs> Spider Verse is great. I don't <laughs> care. I, it's I I it's superhero movies are also great. They do this right, but I think it's refreshing. And maybe I just don't watch enough of like these sort of drama, psychological thriller type movies. But it's refreshing to have the characters exist in this world that feels abstract from good and bad. You know, like there is no good, good character in this movie. There is a character you spend the most time with who's the protagonist. And then there's the antagonist because they're like uh, the opposite of them or whatever. But it I mean, you obviously have the bias as a viewer that you're rooting for Odesu. But whether or not he's in the right is subjective. You know? I don't necessarily think that he is. I I just... I don't know. I... I... Okay. I don't think Odesu is in a moral high ground. No. When I say right, I don't necessarily mean he is... He's justified... Not justified. I don't necessarily think he is doing the moral thing, uh, seeking out Wu Jin and all that stuff. But I think... His actions are justified, is what I'm trying to say. We can sympathize with him trying to, uh, you know, figure out why he was locked up in the first place. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily saying, but I also think like he's the only character that. How do I say this? Every character that is obsessed with revenge in the movie, yeah, that follows through with it, dies except for Odesu because he like recognizes why the person caused his torment in the first place. And he is repentant. And that's the reason why he's able to, you know, not kill himself at the end. I think I don't even know. I, there's so much stuff that like, yeah, for me, it's just like this whole idea about getting more knowledge and giving more clarity on the situation and being able to like retrospect on that. And I don't think the characters are bad at that. Like Odesu clearly changes his mind frequently throughout the movie and evolves as a character, but he's always motivated by revenge. And the only thing that I think is the significant fact that he makes it at the end is that he, he ditches the revenge in favor of, you know, the ones he cares about. Like upon, realizing who Mido actually is he stops caring about trying to kill the guy who had taken care of her all this all this you know what I mean like he he realigns on making sure that she preserves her way of being and not on executing this guy who wronged him personally you know and but I I mean he also does press the button at the end he does press the button yeah but I, I think there is something there about um like I, he gave in like i mean obviously it didn't work right and you could see that like failure yeah. in his eyes and how hard that hit him because even after cutting off his tongue or whatever all of that was for show it was dramatic it was realizing that he had lost and then this was his last act of defiance but it's like why even compete like all this violence doesn't bring any positive thing you need to like make sure this person move doesn't on. yeah can move yeah. on with I, I, I don't know it's it's and I also like that there's no I also the part that the part that really stuck with me is that the ending isn't a happy one. The ending is this weird ambiguous one no. where you're left thinking about whether yeah. or not anybody made the right decisions and whether this whole plot was justified or not or what was really wrong about 
like ever, like who was in the wrong and is it, it like what would you do in this scenario i don't know it's just you're left with a bunch of questions that make it feel ambiguous rather than oh bad guy defeated good guy won sail off into the sunset you know yeah and it's, it's also I, not uh, as clear cut as bad guy won it's just ambiguous like bad guy didn't win bad yeah. guy got what he was trying to achieve he but he killed himself you know like he's not yeah. a problem anymore how do the characters move I, on I also... in this world that's what's super cool. <clears throat> I also think that that's why that's what brings me back to like the, the concept of like subjective truth as well, because right. even Wu Jin suffers after bringing the truth to light to Odesu. Like I, I guess his, his expectation was once he gets his revenge on Odesu and makes him feel the pain that he did, right. He would have felt comforted. Ultimately, it just brought back the same, like, feelings that he felt when his sister killed herself. And I just think, like, it's just, it's it's this, like, pushback that having the full picture or reaching out to what you think is the right answer isn't necessarily the best thing to do mm-hmm. for both characters, Wu Jin and Odesu. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? No. I also think it's very funny that like this like the story is just oedipus's story like i i said his name is odesu yeah i was i was talking with jordine about how i thought about the movie afterwards and yes i said the same thing yeah and then like he like oedipus gouges his eyes out at the end when he finds out the truth and then odesu cuts off his tongue you know it's like it's pretty the thing for me pretty similar (laughs) is that there is a motivation that like behind uh, Wu Jin about if you do trying to relate it to Oedipus's story um, I don't remember the source of the prophecy but I believe it was just a prophecy given there wasn't an antagonistic point with Oedipus's story no you know it was just that he received this prophecy ran away from home and happened to become this war general kill his dad marry his mom and that was the whole thing right yeah. but and it is like kind of like yeah. a story about how fate and how strong the gods are and influencing the world or whatever. You could perceive it a bunch of these different ways. In this one, they make the god a character, and the god is Wu Jin. And he is orchestrating this entire plot around Odesu feeling shame and guilt for what he did in a way that makes him guilty of the same, you know? And, like, I think it's similar. It's similar to all those Oedipus tales, mainly because of the incest overlap but like i don't know god there's so much i think (laughs) but i think i think the main thing that stood out to me is this revenge story like how do i get back at this guy who ruined who killed the love of my life even though she was my sister you know how do i get back at him and it's by corrupting his life in the same way he did mine and it's just so maniacal and unhinged in the way that he does it, it's that I think that's the part that really sticks with people. So fucking wild! I just think like, what an interesting way to go about it. You know, mm-hmm. you could have just killed his his wife. You could have just killed his wife and killed his daughter. He did, do and that's that. it. He did kill his wife. Yeah, I know, but I'm saying like you could have just killed them at the start, and you would have to live with the pain of not having them in his his life anymore like yeah. Odesu not having his family in his life anymore yeah I, I think that would have achieved ultimately the same goal but it's such an interesting thing to do 
to be like, I want him to feel the same things I felt, but for his daughter, that's crazy to me. And it's such an interesting and such novel, a novel idea. I've never seen it in any other movie. It's, it's torturous though, in a way, right? Because it's not that like he artificially made them feel that way. Yes, I know. Just so that he I know. would feel the guilt afterwards. And, but it's also not a thing that like, I'm you not know, saying, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, sorry, go for it. I was just going to say, like, I'm not even saying, I'm not even saying that it was a good thing or like a, a viable plan. I'm just saying like to take it that one step further is just so bizarre. Yeah. And I, I but for me, what stands out is that it's, it's almost like laughing at him. Like, okay. So, Wu, uh, sorry. Uh, yeah. Wu Jin kind of controls this world that Odesu and Mido are experiencing, right? And yeah, Wu Jin has no remorse about sleeping with his sister, right? So he doesn't regret that. He loves her. And his whole being yeah, afterwards yeah. has just been trying to do right by her memory and make the people who made her suffer suffer more, that sort of thing, okay? Yeah. And focuses on Odesu as being the person receiving all this thing and totally un unjustified by the way whatever let's not get into like i mean i was saying there's some ambiguity here about the ending it's pretty much just about how odesu moves on a uh, wujin is not a good guy like this is such a insane thing to do to someone who spread a rumor when they were in high school but regardless yeah um to, <laughs> to try and equate it i think it's like he did realize that he was falling for mido and, you know, had these emotions to love her. But Wu Jin doesn't care about those emotions being genuine. He cares about unveiling the truth and making him feel guilty for having them, which is not something Wu Jin himself feels, you know? So it's not like he's trying to reach this parody level where, oh, you could see why I'm doing what I'm doing. It's oh, I still, understand. It's still very much, I want you to suffer. I want you specifically to suffer. He's not yeah, trying, yeah, to, I, he's I not trying to, like pitch the merits of an incestuous relationship at all yeah it's literally just how do i make I, it's, how do i make killing your daughter matter more even after or like hurting your daughter matter more even after 15 years how can i make affecting this other human in your life as bad as it can make it you know and it's by having you sleep with her having you fall in love with her and then telling you that he, she's actually your daughter like that would be much more it. painful and suffering than just killing her or just taking her away from you, you know? Yeah, especially because I think Wu Jin is taking advantage of an emotion that he doesn't have, which is that he doesn't feel guilty for falling in love with his sister, but he knows that Odesu will for falling in love with his daughter. Right. If that makes sense. Exactly. So it's like an additional layer of... <laughs> That's pain. such a I pain. genuinely did not even think of that. It's yeah, just suffering. Just more it's pain. just revenge. And it's like the the but the part that's like so intriguing is the type of person to do all put all this effort into making someone feel that way. Like that is so like I said like unhinged and vile and it like I don't know. You know it reminds me of like seven, like that warped mind sort of thing that's really interesting to peer into yeah. in a movie. Yeah. Very cool. And also really good antagonist, now, like making him vulnerable in pretty much every way that Odesu is capable. Like he doesn't need to fight. Yeah. He doesn't need to like be, you know, a scary guy. He's just a man in a suit with money. Like, and the everything yeah. he, uh, every time he outplays Odesu, it's in a game of like 
available resources or information or like uh just thinking ahead and predicting his moves you know he was never released yeah. with yeah. the idea of being free he was released to play this other game and that's just so yeah. corrupted and fucking crazy <laughs> i don't know it's nuts nuts movie to be honest yeah so um, the ambiguous stuff the part we're kind of like eh, it's the incest right like that it's it's that it's yeah it's the having a main yeah, character much. fall in love with his sister and that be a plot point revealed in the 11th hour. And then immediately after that 11th hour, having another plot point that the main love interest in this movie are father and daughter like that. That's got to that's got to be weird. Right. Immediately after we've already as well watched a sex scene between the two. It's a little weird. Yeah, it's it's very weird. Yeah. It's very weird. And I, I just think like. I I don't know how else this story could have been told, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think it fits within the narrative and it fits within, like, how Wu Jin wanted to torment him. Right. I just think it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I genuinely, like, it happens, the scene, like, there's a revelation. I'm like, this is not fun. Mm -hmm. I don't like this. Don't like this. I don't like this. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but you know what? Like it the thing that stands out to me is that it does a really good job of setting it all up without making it obvious where the twists are going to go, you know? Like I yeah, couldn't have predicted this and I think it's actually intriguing to follow along Odesu and Mido as they try and piece together what was going on that made this guy absolutely hate Odesu. And I think the reveal being this is mind-blowing and is crazy but again if you can't buy into like if if that puts a bad taste in your mouth it affects how you really enjoy the last like 30 minutes or so yeah it's hard it is hard to watch and i also think that the subject matter is so extreme you know it's like so disconnected from any story i've recently been told through movies or tv or whatever games yeah incest always makes a weird turn in in the plot and yeah you know what i was thinking about it's never (laughs) do you ever play that game 12 minutes i don't think so so 12 minutes is this really interesting indie game it's voice acted by some famous people i don't remember who i don't know why also that's voice acted by famous people yeah 12 minutes is uh annapurna interactive James McAvoy and Daisy Ridley are the main characters of it. And what? That's so random. Yeah, but they're voice acted. And I think also uh what's yeah, that guy? But Bald still. guy. Uh from uh Whiplash. What's his name? Uh Will J. K. Oh no, Simmons? Willem Dafoe, not not JK Simmons, Willem Dafoe. Uh sorry. <laughs> I it's the wrong person. I thought I was it was JK Simmons <laughs> that I was thinking of, but I think it's cuz the character looks like that, but it is Willem Dafoe who voice acts it. Anyway, okay, this okay, this okay. this weird like mobile game sort of thing is like I don't know, the the plot is interesting, but to spoil it a little bit, it does delve into this realm of like the same concepts that old boy is talking about, where it's like revenge and specifically incest, and like when it did that, I think the audience all kind of coiled in the same way because it's just so like anti-core being human or whatever i'm not core being human like you know what i mean like it's just so like forbidden yeah, in yeah a way i get that it makes it's, you feel it's, icky it's like uh, and stops you from enjoying the actual intriguing part that like i didn't see that coming 
and like this is psychologically intriguing but objectively i feel gross you know <laughs> like yeah I, yeah i get it makes it hard i understand it, it makes me want to say that there's no good story that can be told where incest is a plot point but then you have something like game of thrones where it's like i i, I think, was gonna say yeah I, it works in game of thrones because for some reason they can build it up i think it's when it's a twist it's where it's like, oh, like you you have to build but up I that think... I, they genuinely feel this way. I, yeah. No, but I, okay, here's my, my take. I think the reason why Game of Thrones works is because the, like Jamie and Cersei being incestuous is never a good thing. Like right. it's a core point in the first uh, season that like, you know, Eddard figures it out and it like essentially destroys him, but also nothing comes from it. Whereas in this movie, it's just a thing that happens, you know, well, I like I, the I, characters and, and the world think it's, it's like, it's not good. But Odessu was like, Oh, I'm cool with it. Please erase my memories. You know? Yeah. I and mean, we could talk about that, like actual ending part of it. It's, it's more, I think that's less so about his perception on incest as a concept more of like a, I don't want to live with this pain like living in the in the without having these memories is going to be better for me than having them and no one in the world knows about them except for me you know like I so why have it exist why why not just get this pain to go away and then ultimately I don't even think that the hypnosis at the end worked I think he remembered and that's why he's sad at the end I I think yeah so because even I, even I in that think... reflection thing, right? He said the monster will walk away, walk twenty steps, age one year every step, and die, and leave the truth with him, right? And then you cut yeah. to the scene where she picks him up on the floor, and it's like Mido picks up Odessu on the floor, and uh, yeah, he walked twenty steps from his chair, like he was the monster in this scenario, and he clearly that means he remembers. He didn't die, the way she said he would. Well, I mean his his like. Uh... His expression is also not a positive one at the end. So no, exactly. I, and he's he's yeah. tortured with this guilt. Yeah. And I like that is I think is a really interesting thing. Like he didn't win at the end, that's why I kind of thought it was a cool, ambiguous style ending. But yeah, the concept of incest being this like plot point is really ugh. It's hard it's hard. It's very it's, icky. It's, it's shocking and icky. But does that make it less impactful? Because I think it did build it up no. correctly. You know, it built up the yeah. relationship correctly to that point where it it just like punches that human part of you that's like you know incest is forbidden and makes you be like fuck really after all of that like I don't know it makes it hurt it makes it I, hurt more. I think <laughs> this is why I said at the start that like I think as a shocking twist it works within the narrative. But right. the twist itself just really leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I genuinely think that the story would not have worked as well without that as a plot point. Right. But I just don't like it. <laughs> like, it's the same way, like, I don't enjoy scenes that have gratuitous torture in them in mm -hmm. movies. Mm -hmm. And I know that sometimes they can service the plot and they are, you know, necessary for like yeah, you're highlighting the choir, man. I think I've said that in like every time yeah. I review a movie when it has like too much torture. I'm like, I absolutely hate watching torture. But yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. It's mm. not good. Don't enjoy. Yeah. 
but, but it can service a plot. I, I totally get that idea. And that's that's exactly what I think happened here. And I think, you know, it's it's something to call out. It's almost like a content warning type thing that, like, this is a major point of the movie. might not be your thing. Also, the weird, like, sexual assault nature of what Mito goes through is really gross at certain parts. That was also, like, a thing that made me put me off a bit. But I don't know. Like... I think as a story, it all services this narrative that ends up working out in the end and need needed this to be a plot point, which is why I'll sort of give it a pass, I guess. <laughs> I, Incest is fine in this movie. But you know what I mean? Like, it, it was also fine in Game of Thrones. <laughs> I do. Like, I, I genuinely do. thought Cersei and uh, whatever, like, they, that they loved each other and it was a core plot of the thing and eventually it stops mattering, right? It's just that yeah. in this one, it's supposed to hit you that, oh, fuck, no, they can't be together. That's his daughter. Like, it's not, yeah, and it, yeah. It, it's supposed to hurt you as an audience as much as it hurts him to hear, which is yeah. fair. It did a good job of that. It's just, like, that feeling it sits you with hurts. Ooh, icky. Yeah. Anyway, let's uh, give it a rate positive it? rating. Uh, how, yeah. about, how about squids? Live squids. Oh, God. Yeah, let's do squids. <laughs> I think that's a very visceral scene that definitely works. Fucking gross, bro. I don't know how they did the special effects for that, but that man looked like he ate a goddamn squid. I don't know. I think he just ate a goddamn squid. I don't uh, think it was special effects at all. It was It was a lot. It was a lot. Anyway, so squids. I'm going to give it, because this is my movie, I'm going to go first. I'm going to yep. give it... I'm debating between a 9 and a 10, but I think I'm going to go 10. 10 out of 12. I agree. I I think... Okay, I'm going to caveat this a little bit. Yeah. I think my own personal enjoyment of the movie was a 7, mm-hmm. but I think the movie overall is a 10. Right? Like, I, I want to emphasize I think those it, points about it being just a well-made film is so strong. Yeah. Like, there, you could have this story that's so intriguing done in such a shit way. But, like, even if you just watch it on its face, it's so pretty. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's really good. Very good. All right. Yeah. So we, we give gave it a 10. Solid. I'm proud of us. I am proud of us, too. All right. Um, We're doing something different next week, aren't we? Yeah, we are. So I, we don't really know, like, the, the intricacies of it. But next week will be our 80th episode. And our editor, Jordan, yeah. has decided that she wants to prepare for us a fun twist on an episode. So she's going to be part of it, lead the whole thing. We do. We will still pick a movie, I think, just so we don't need to do it at the end of next week. Um, do, you, do you have one in mind? Wow. I fully thought I wouldn't have to pick something. Then fine. Also, we don't need to. We don't I need was to. thinking about this. No, 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 no. I, I have something. I have something okay, in okay. mind. But I was thinking about this before. Yeah. Recently, you've been picking a lot of heavy movies, and to break the monotony, I am picking lighter movies, and I want to switch it up. But also, I don't want to watch another thriller. You know what I mean? But I have I been picking crazy. Like I'm, I'm now pulling up the spreadsheet we keep of all our movies, and let's let's see, let's take a look. So <laughs> I did Old Boy, and then In Bruges, and then The Wonder, and then The Lighthouse, and then The Green Knight. <laughs> Holy shit. And then, what am I saying? What, is what am I saying? Here? You what are is... picking you are picking the darkest no, no, movie. You did like, the Green Knight. I did okay, Paprika. I guess... But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still. Paprika. Okay. 
Prey, and then, yeah, I don't know. I think we're due for a light-hearted movie. Okay. I am split, but I think, and this is something I haven't seen. Okay, I'm going to do exciting. The Intern. The Intern? Wait, why yeah, do you know Yeah, with this Robert movie? De Niro and Anne Hathaway. <laughs> Comma, comedy drama, The Intern. So not The Internship, that one where they praise no, Google no, no. and go work at a tech company? No, no, no. no, it's, the, no? it's The Intern. It's The Intern. Okay, The Intern. Got it. All right. Oh, it's this guy. Oh, fuck. It's this guy, man. Adam, I just looked it up, and Adam Devine's face showed up, and I don't know, I don't know, man. Every every movie I see with him, he does not make me laugh, but I, I will see. No, he's not. Well, I mean, we'll see. I haven't seen it. I thought I had, because I vividly, I think I've just seen the trailer, now that I think about it, because yeah. I genuinely don't remember anything in the movie, but I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I don't know. He's just In the four guy, weeks. I just think about him as the guy I don't like from Pitch Perfect. No, no, I get it. Boomer? I get yeah, it. Yeah, I'm a boomer. Yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. No, his name is Boomer in Pitch Perfect. Oh, is it? I <laughs> Cool. Yeah. No, it's Bumper. <laughs> I just looked it up. Bumper. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> How do you know the characters' names from... Wait, Bumper as I'm a Adam stand, Devine? bro. Wait, what does as Adam Devine mean? Wait, what, what does it mean when someone gets credited like something as something? Do you know what I mean? Because like I, I just watched no, Quantum Mania. This is like a side thought right now. I just watched Quantum Mania, and uh, main character, what's his name? Michael Douglas, Michael Adams, but Douglas Adams, Douglas Adams is an author. Yeah, yeah, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas, yes. So, um, Michael Douglas at the end gets credit. Like everybody else is like, you know, Paul Rudd and whoever, whoever, and all this stuff, right? And then it goes, uh, Michael Douglas as whatever the guy. And I don't know why they need Hank to be credited Pym? separately. As Hank Pym, yeah. Or Hank Pym as Michael either. Douglas. Yeah. I think I think it is like a... I think... It's probably like some SAG like thing that we should that look into. Do. No, I think it's like a SAG thing. That'd be my guess. Like I can pay them less or yeah. more. Yeah. Probably. Anyway, uh, we spoiled a lot here. So we're probably good to call it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. Uh, watch the intern and also potentially all of our seventy nine movies so far. That yeah, maybe. I'm um, not really plus, sure what it's gonna we're gonna need to do. I'm excited. I'm excited. This is like a surprise for both of us. Watch her quiz us on the scores that we've done and then we get nothing that's the same. Yeah. <laughs> I think that'll be <laughs> like really funny. Percent. But you know, that's fair. I think like yeah. if, if anybody would have criticized me on episodes we recorded, like in that one to twenty range, I'd be like, Yeah, I probably wouldn't agree with past me anymore as well. Like if we Yeah. Eh, literally. Yeah. Anyway, I think it'll be a fun time. It'll All be right. fun. So uh yeah, go watch that. We'll review that in about four weeks from now. Um in the meantime, uh have a good have a good weekend. Rate us on jump cut on spotify or dot fm yeah jumpcut.fm is our yeah. website rate us on that or something uh, spotify itunes apple music all that shit our uh our editor is uh blue moon paper at etsy.com dot etsy.com uh blue moon paper dot com <laughs> is her website <laughs> but yeah okay her like shop whoops but yeah easy to remember so now blue moon paper.com is yeah. our editor jordine's website and uh you can also at find default her at bird. Default Bird on Instagram. 
Yeah. Um, and uh, she'll be emceeing next episode. I think so. And we'll find out all the deets <laughs> with her. So tune in. Special episode 80. Tune in next time, folks. Yeah. All right. It's, it's been, been real. real.